Hey, this is Homer Hargrove. I'm the pastor of Grape Top Church, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for connecting with our family today, and I hope this message inspires you and that it makes a difference in your life. Enjoy the message. Starting off with our message, ending the month with truths and lies of sowing and reaping. Um, with, with every fifth Sunday of the month, we kind of do a spontaneous mm. message yeah, that, um, and that's in between the series. Um, and I wanted to start off with this verse in Galatians chapter 6, verse 7. Um, it says, Don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. Mm. That that is really the the essence of what we're talking about today, isn't it? Yeah. You will always harvest what you plant. And just for fun, let's just finish the verse. I'm, you guys yeah. know us; we don't like to just pull one verse. We'll give you the after of it. Yeah. So it says, "Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit." So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially to those in the family of faith. Mm-hmm. And what I wanted to finish off uh, the next couple of verses to that because I feel like it gives a really clear understanding of this idea of sowing and reaping. It, it gives us this this comparison between spiritual nature and sinful nature mm-hmm. and that when you sow into one, you will reap from one yeah. and it's either like blessings or cursings. It's like either good or bad. And this principle of sowing and reaping, it says you will always harvest what you plant. And there's a, there's a lot of different ways of saying this. Other religions would say it's karma. Other religions mm-hmm. would say it's, you know, or belief systems would say it's like the universe always comes back or mm-hmm. you know uh, what all the different things y'all know what i'm talking about the the whole all of that comes from christianity and and the creator that we know and it's you harvest what you plant yeah. and you can look at it in every single aspect whether it's you know health and fitness you harvest what you plant True. whether it's uh, um whether it's your job you harvest what you what you plant you know we're going to really unpack that today. But in this verse, it's saying spiritually, you harvest what you plant. And so if you plant uh, within your spiritual life, if you plant negligence, passivity, you're going to reap that kind of fruit in your spiritual walk. That's so, why so many people mm-hmm. do not enjoy their Christian faith because they have no fruit to eat of. It's all, They only have the fruit of their sinful nature. Or uh, if you're not sowing into that either and you're just in this weird on-the-fence place, it's the most miserable place to be. Um, and so let's just go into the, the backdrop. I'm getting off in the weeds. Lauren told me earlier, look, no. you need to calm down because you give a lot of points and then you give subpoints and then you give subpoints to those subpoints. So why don't you just calm down and let's get through the message. You I just said, like us to really understand that's, the truth. I just care about you yeah. guys is all. Yeah, but we're going to, you know, bring it all together. Yeah, yeah. there we go. <laughs> Lauren helps me bring it all together. It's all good. Um, so <laughs> let's, let's start off with understanding guiding truths about sowing and reaping. Here's some truths, okay? Mm-hmm. There, the universal principle of sowing and reaping is a law that whatever you put into something you will get it returned to you at an equal or greater value in some way. And this applies to everything, just like what we said. And you can even sow a seed 
into one area of life and reap it in another. Mm-hmm. So what the Bible is saying is that you can even sow, uh, you can sow physically and reap spiritually. You can sow spiritually and reap physically. Mm-hmm. And to back this with a with a verse, it would be First Corinthians chapter nine verse eleven, where Paul is talking to the church of Corinth, and he says, "Since we have planted spiritual seed among you, aren't we entitled to harvest a physical?" Uh, a harvest of physical food and drink. Mm-hmm. And so he's giving this connotation that, that seed is transferable, that, that it's, it's the idea of giving, putting something down and getting something back. It doesn't always have to be this and that. Yeah. I, I hope that makes sense. Yeah. Um, seed is either planted by intention, reaction, or negligence. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people have this persona like, well, I didn't really do anything bad. But the Bible says that even if you knew what you ought to do, but didn't do it, if you neglected it, that it is sin. And so often, I mean, let's just look at our health, guys. I mean, it's not that we like we're doing anything tremendously bad to our health, but even just neglecting our health and it will diminish. Yeah. Now we're on the spiritual side, like our Christian faith. Well, I didn't do anything blatantly like evil why is my faith slipping because you're not doing anything good with it It, and so the negligence is sowing a seed into your faith to where you're slowly slipping you're slowly backsliding because the the seed of negligence um and i wanted to share um a a verse in hosea chapter 8 verse 7 and it says they have planted the wind and will harvest the whirlwind and he's talking about the people of Israel and the, the judgment that they're about to receive. And when this idea of like planted the wind, like what the heck does that mean? Yeah. I, I see such imagery of just like carelessness. Like it just goes into the wind, you yeah. know, it won't, it's not going to do anything. It's just into the wind. Mm-hmm. It's like when you let go of a piece of trash, you think, well, this is never going to kill a sea turtle, right? Yeah. You don't, you don't, you just let it go and you never think about it again. Mm-hmm. And here it says, you may have done that into the wind, but you will harvest a whirlwind. You will harvest a tornado that will wreak destruction. Yeah. I mean, that's a crazy reaction to, um, to like just simple negligence of, of trying to be passive. Uh, and finally, on this idea of truths is when you are faithful with small things, you can be trusted with big things. But when you can't even be trusted with small things, what little you have will be taken away mm-hmm. from you. God is all about stewardship, and stewardship is really the, the, the application of sowing and reaping. When you do well with something, you receive more. When you don't do well with something, it's taken away. Mm-hmm. And uh, the verse that this, this is all from is Luke chapter 16, verse 10 through 12. This is right after Jesus gives a whole parable. And he says, if you are faithful in the little things, you will be faithful in the large ones. If you are dishonest in little things, you won't be honest honest with great responsibilities. Mm -hmm. And if you are untrustworthy about worldly wealth, who will trust you with the true riches of heaven? And if you are not faithful with other people's things, why should you be trusted with things of your own? Mm -hmm. Man, this is is almost like something every teenager should read, right? (laughs) Uh, If you can't even be trusted with someone else's things, why would you be given uh, your own things? And so often we want to receive, we want to take it, and we like the idea of receiving, but we are so irresponsible with someone else's because we don't have to deal with the consequences. Mm -hmm. And God is saying integrity matters. Mm -hmm. And honesty matters. And if you are dishonest with a little thing, he's not going to trust you with a big thing. Yeah. You know, it makes me think of like uh, even little things like 
I don't, I don't know if it's just because I'm white and fit that I often get confused of being in the military when I go to restaurants. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and I, there's been literally so many times where, where they already added the military discount. I'm like, well, this is awkward. Yeah. And it's like a little mo- moment of honesty to where I, so many times I've said, hey, I, I don't deserve this. I didn't do anything to, to get this discount. Can you give me the full price? And see, that's like a little small thing. It's like, oh, it's $2. You know, what, what big discount is that? But it, it's an integrity thing where I want to be honest with even the small things. Yeah. Then I can be trusted with big things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so before we get into the misconceptions, what do you think about what we shared so far, Lauren? Yeah, I think there's just, um, when we really look at the concept of like sewing, like, um, I feel like if we stop right now and like look at our lives, like sometimes we hear this, but we don't realize how, how active or um, yeah. obvious it is in our life. So if you stop and look at your life and different aspects of it, you will begin to recognize times that you've sown and times that you've reaped, you know, d- depending in, but the, what I like about this message is sowing is not just a $20 bill. Oh, Sometimes we man. think sowing and reaping, oh, I'm going to sow a hundred at the altar this Sunday and I'm going to get a hundred back. You know, I'm going to sow this specifically and I'm going to get this back. I'm going to get 10,000 back. Yeah. Imagine, <laughs> I mean, who wouldn't want that? Right. But, but the truth is, is sowing seeds is in so many different aspects of our lives. Like it, it spiritually, what you sow, you will get back, you know, physically, mentally, relationally, you know? And so I just, there's just so many concepts of it. And it, it reminds me of a time in my life where, um, uh, I remember a very um, short story uh, where I was uh, really beginning to follow God and I started going to Bible college um, and, and uh, attending this really cool um, woman's group. I loved it. It's called Indulge. Shout out to Kayla. Um, she was an amazing woman of God who had a heart for women. And we'd go every Sunday at her, uh, Thursday, sorry, to her house. And she was a gourmet chef and she would cook this um elaborate three she was way better (laughs) this three course meal no lie appetizer meal and dessert all homemade every other thursday actually and who wouldn't want to go to that i mean that will bring people to your place and then the gospel here you go you know and so it was an amazing experience who wouldn't love that so we loved it and i would go and be fed uh physically be fed spiritually and then leave and then I, I went and went and 40 girls in her home. Imagine doing all that and then people would leave and she had such a heart to serve that she would clean everything up. And not only that, she prepared for hours with the message to give these women spiritually. Like she was a prime example of sowing seeds into people's lives, not just physically, uh, spiritually, but physically. Yeah. And I remember... Um, one day I was sitting there enjoying everything she was doing for us and God spoke to me very clearly and I just and my eyes were open he said I want you to stay after and wash her dishes because no one had done that yet not because the, no one had necessarily thought of that because when you're being served you don't think yeah. of all the hard work behind it and I remember thinking you know what God heck yeah like why wouldn't I like if she needs like who wouldn't and I told her um, actually, I didn't tell her. I went and started doing it. And she said, oh, please don't do that. I was like, girl, like, I am going <laughs> to obey God and I'm going to, like, serve you in that way. And so I began doing that every time that I went because I wanted to, like, bless her for being such a blessing. And after a couple times, she she looked at me and she said, Lauren, I want you to be a part of my leadership team. I want you to begin um, um, 
helping us love and minister to these diff- there's girls. There's so many, and I need someone who has a heart to serve. And that's definitely not kudos on me because I was just obeying God and enjoying the benefits of like all she was doing. But God started to soften my heart and show me that as I began to sow seeds in her ministry, she trusted me with more. And she trusted me with some of the very people who came who needed leadership and guidance. And so um, it was trying to make that a short story. But that was like a big part in my life where I learned from her example of sowing seed into people's life, but also began to, you know, she harvested some of that by people beginning to serve her. And she started expanding her leadership team to where they weren't just ministering to people, but they physically had duties um, those times so that it could help release the burden of all that she was doing. And so that was a really cool story that God really taught me a lot that I just wanted to share on that. Yeah, that was yeah. a really powerful look at the idea of sowing and reaping, like even serving under somebody, mm-hmm. um, which we'll get into later too. Yeah, probably jump the gun. No, yeah. no, I like that. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> and it, it's like even just like becoming youth pastors. I mean, like when when I was chosen to be a youth pastor, I wasn't any qualification. I felt like very underqualified and not ready. But I, God really spoke to me about the times I moved chairs when no one else was moving chairs, yeah. that that's what qualified me to, <laughs> to be ready for being youth pastor. Yeah, that's that a easy? hard job. 500 um, chairs? Yeah, 500 chairs. Yeah. And, uh, but just being willing to do the little things will prepare you for the big things. Yeah. And so um, let's talk about some misconceptions. I think yeah. that's what everyone tuned in for mm. today. Let's, let's see if my pastor's lying. <laughs> let's see who's really telling the, the truth. The real facts here. Um, and before we get into these, I want to just share something from my Please. heart. Yes, thank yes. you. Um, my my heart is that what we're sharing is an opinion, and if anyone disagrees mm-hmm. uh, with it, it's okay. I don't think that you're going to go to hell or that we're going to go to hell. I believe that our faith is based off of Jesus Christ yes. and His resurrection. And so somebody that disagrees with this is like, hey, it's like agree to disagree, you know, it's yeah, not, definitely. I mean, it's uh, biblical, our yeah. opinion, but yeah. Yeah. And, um, and so I just want to say that. And I also want to say that this message is not, we did not, we do not want this to be a tool to go around accusing your pastor or somebody else's preacher or like, it, or I think, I think my pet peeve is, um, is accusation within the church. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I'm going to kind just, of go on a rant. Yeah, but, just be nice. But, but real yeah, so. real quick, look. <laughs> okay. I'm going to just be real, guys. Look, the less less than 9% of Christians read the Bible, okay? That's a pretty low number. Mm-hmm. And what I found is that the ones that – there's some that it's like, okay, let's just – I'm going to just say it. Okay. So I've been seeing I, – I see all the time people like accusing other churches. Like let's say Elevation Church with Stephen Furtick. Shout out, dude. And um, I personally like the guy. I, yeah. I, it really helped me to see that I could be myself. Yes. Um, but like uh, I see all the time people accusing him or, or like even T.D. Jakes or like whatever. Um, I don't know. But the, this, there's, I see so many people quick to accuse and criticize and say they're, they're, pre- they're making the Bibles whatever they say it is. They're, they're not preaching the truth. They're, they're lying or uh, manipulating Scripture and they blah, 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 blah. And I find that while they're analyzing and criticizing these preachers that have brought more people to Christ than that person ever has, um, that... These are coming. These are coming from people that barely start reading like the Book of John, and haven't even got through the whole Bible. Maybe they start reading the New Testament, 
and all of a sudden you feel equipped to like accuse somebody that's been studying the Bible for years and years and years, not just once, that most pastors read the Bible at least once a year, minimum. That Some read it twice a year, you know, and then, you know, depending on whatever they're going through. My point is, just because you start reading the book of John and you, you start reading like false teachings doesn't really prepare you to start accusing everybody of being a false teacher. Yeah. And let me go a step further. Starting to read the book of John, but it kind of gets hard to get through Galatians. So you start just watching YouTube videos to get the rest is not a really good way to equip yourself to go around accusing every pastor and preacher of heresy. Mm -hmm. Like read through the whole Bible a couple times first, and then you can start like diagnosing your doctrine for your personal belief. And then you can see if you just disagree with people or not. But let's kind of stop acting like the devil and accusing yeah. thy brethren of... Yeah. Uh, just move on with your faith and yeah. continue seeking God. Yeah. yeah, like just get the log out of your own eye. I mean, yeah. like... It's like unnecessary. A, like accusing Stephen Furtick of heresy and you're like, you're still like having premarital sex with everyone. So it's oh like, God. like chill out, dude. Like just yeah. calm down first, like deal with your stuff and then... You know, we'll get to that. <laughs> like, let God deal with that. So, anyways, so I had to say that. Side I'm note, sorry. Yeah, no, but it's that, yeah. That just, doesn't deal with today, but um, it's a good just concept, if you yeah. sow accusation, you reap a, a you know a lot. Yeah, well, so, it says a measure you judge others, you yourself will be judged. That's the one. So it's kind of like sowing and reaping, like you know. Yeah, so okay. it definitely kind of applies. Thank you. Mm-hmm. you See how that segued back into sowing and reaping. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. some misconceptions about sowing and reaping. There we go. There are a lot of commonly quoted sowing and reaping verses that are not talking about money. Mm. Gasp. Um, While the principle is transcendent, meaning that a lot of these verses can be applied to the facet of money, it it can be somewhat confusing or even misleading to, to, to receive it as money being the primary connection to it. I'll give an example. There's a, a, Throughout the Gospels, there's a, a verse that says, uh, if you give, you will receive um, with good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, pouring into your lap. And like they even have songs about it. And it's like, man, like I need to start tithing right away. Like, I need to give. Yeah, I just got this birthday money. I better give it so I can receive back. Yeah, more. You know, running over. And, and it's commonly taught about money or like giving or generosity. And Jesus is actually specifically talking about forgiveness in that verse, right after he says, do not judge others. (laughs) Um, And so when you put the principle to forgiveness in that verse, like if you forgive others, if you give forgiveness, if you give mercy to others, you'll receive it back, pressed down, shaken together, running over into your lap. That makes a lot of sense when you look at your sin being forgiven by Jesus Christ. Yeah, and we need that much. Yeah, and yeah. it's the mercy is so great, it's running over into our laps. Mm-hmm. There's enough for others. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's what like that verse is talking about. Or the other verse that says, um, some, uh, you know, some seed falls away, blah, 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 but some reaps a harvest 30, 60, and 100 fold. We're actually going to talk about that later. It's a, transcend- it's a transcendent uh, teaching that can have multiple facets of what it applies to, but that specific verse is actually talking about the message of the kingdom of God, the message of the gospel um, to others, and how you can give the gospel message to some, and it will be choked up by the things of this world. You can give the message of the gospel to others, and blah, 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 and some it will reap a harvest 30, 60, 100 fold. And so a lot of these commonly quoted verses are not specifically talking about money 
And people are usually surprised when they realize that the verse was originally talking about something else. Yeah. And so that's why we should really increase that 9% Bible reading rate. Read the Bible yourself so that you can start getting deeper into Scripture so you can understand it better. Um, some other things that we should really talk about is that you cannot force God's hand to make something grow in the way or even the timing that you want. Yeah. A short story, another short story, right? There, it is. Okay. <laughs> there was one time where we where we felt God tell us to give our bed away. Yeah, um, we did feel that. Yeah, it was a very strong feeling yeah. as during worship, really and I was tough. like, "Dang, all right, okay." Mm-hmm. And and when I say our bed I don't mean like one of our guest beds it was our bed like our only bed and we give it to somebody else mm-hmm. and and the way that we be like being you know early Christians the way that we thought that we would receive you know our return is through just a better bed yeah like we sewed this bed we're gonna reap a tempurpedic bed size yeah yeah declaring it <laughs> and we were so stupid like talking on the phone on the way home like i'm about to show up and there's a big huge cardboard mm. box in front of the door and uh and we we never got that that shipment yeah. of a tempurpedic bed magic um yeah, on our like our like a long time later someone someone realized what we did and gave us an air mattress so it's like like <laughs> And uh, and so it took a while for us to like actually get a bed back, yeah. and it was not a better bed. It was actually like a worse bed. Yeah. And so uh, if we believe, if we, you know, and it like really confused us too because we were taught the traditional sense that like you name it, claim it, yeah. um, and you speak it into existence, all that, and it was really confusing for us. And I would go as far to say that that kind of belief even makes some people fall away from the faith because they think, well, then God's not real because he didn't answer the prayer. He didn't answer in, you know, the way that they said he was. And the, the Bible just makes it clear that that's not how it happens. In James chapter four, verse two through four, it says, you want what you don't have. So you scheme and kill to get it. You are jealous of what others have, but you can't get it. So you fight and wage war to take it away from others. Yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. Now here's the big part. This is the, I underline this. And even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. You adulterers, don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? I say it again, if you want to be a friend of the world, you make yourselves an enemy of God. The reason I included that last verse is to really personify to us um, that a lot of the things that we pray for and ask for are with evil motives. And it is just because we want to be more comfortable. We just want to receive and like receive pleasure. And even God, even though that God cares about like even the clothes on our backs and every hair on our head, when our motives are all wrong, God, God is not forced to answer a prayer that we make continuously over and over. Like, Oh, I'm, I'm being like that woman that kept asking the judge and, you know, and I'm wearing God out by asking this prayer over and over. He's like, no, you, you cannot test God. He will not be forced to do something. He does. He's a God who gives good gifts. But when our motives are all jacked up, he's not going to do something that will only uh, yeah. um, hurt our spiritual walk. Yeah. You know, to only it's like giving your your kid candy when you already know their stomach is sick. Mm. You know, when when they refuse the the actual food but only want pleasure, 
as a good father, you say, no, you're not ready for that. You need to eat your, you need to eat your meat first. Mm -hmm. Um, and so the, the going like, kind of like on that same tone that I, it really leads into the idea of speaking it into existence. You ever do that before? Yeah. You name it, claim it. Mm-hmm. We been there. You've been there, done that, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And if you really think about what that is, speaking it into existence, um, it really comes from trying to be God, mm-hmm. who spoke the world into existence, yeah. and and this idea that that we are making ourselves God by speaking what we desire into existence, it is really showing a heart of idolatry, and. In fact, I would go as far to say that trying to perform certain acts uh, or rituals in order to obtain what you want is bordering the line of sorcery and witchcraft. You know, like to where you do the same thing every day in, in like practice of trying to, you know, get the universe to send you your desires. Yeah. Like, don't you kind of see that that seems like a voodoo doll, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> like uh, and to and. What I'm about to read is going to hurt some people. And so before I read it, is there anything you want to say? I don't want to show you yet. <laughs> um, I mean... Oh, you're cheating. No, I'm not. I'm looking at what you were just saying. Oh, okay. I had some thoughts, but it's kind of like, I'll let you go there and then I'll okay. share my thoughts at the end. Yeah. All right, so look, guys, I, I'm just going to be outright with you. This might hurt some feelings, but it's mm. w- truth is very important, right? Mm-hmm. So it is, it is. in Deuteronomy 18, verse 9 through 14... Here we go. This really is like, all right, I'll just read it. Yeah. I love you though. All right. Let's just, we don't have to dwell on it. Let's just receive it and move forward. All right. When you enter the land, the Lord, your God is giving you be very careful not to imitate the detestable customs of the nations living there. For example, this is the Bible. I'm not saying for example, the Bible is saying, for example, never sacrifice your son or daughter as a burnt offering. And do not let your people practice fortune-telling or use sorcery or interpret omens like oho or the egg under the head or or engage in witchcraft or cast spells. What is a spell? It's a chanting. It's a repetition. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Or function as mediums or psychics. Mm -hmm. Ouch. Or call forth. The spirits of the dead. Anyone who does these things is detestable to the Lord. It is because the other nations have done these detestable things that the Lord your God will drive them out ahead of you. But you must be blameless before the Lord your God. The nations you are about to displace consult sorcerers and fortune tellers. But the Lord your God forbids you to do such things. And so the reason I wanted to, you know, uh, you, you guys can tell why I was like, uh, this might hurt some feelings yeah. because there's a lot of Christians that, that go into the border of these things or just right into it to, to where like going to fortune tellers is, is really like God says, like, don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, going to like horoscopes, like Christian horoscopes is not a real thing. It's just horror scopes like, <laughs> like a worship of the stars and letting yeah. the stars that's that's actually what the pagans did is worship stars worship the heavens the tower of babel was a worship of the heavens a worship of the stars and so you know all of those things are are mild uh, are mild practices of witchcraft and like i was saying at the beginning of this trying to speak in existence trying to make these these like 
uh, these chants or repeated prayers. Mm-hmm. Jesus says those are the things that the pagans do. You do not give me repetitious prayers like the pagans give. It, those are all chants and it's, it's borderline sorcery to try to just make the universe give you these things. Mm-hmm. And, and to think that the people of the land were cast out for this stuff and that it relates this stuff to burning your own children in fire as a sacrifice. Yeah. I mean, it shows how much God really thinks about these things. It's not just like, oh, I'm just going to check my horoscope today. Like, mm-hmm. uh, oh, I just really want to know what his fortune seller say. Yeah. He compares it to burning a child through sa- th- as a sacrifice. Like, it's, it's that detestable to him. Yeah. So what do you have to say before, before we finish the last one? Here? I mean, that's just real talk, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and when I first read that back in the day, when I was really back beginning, in back in the day, man. Uh, like old Lauren. Old Lauren. But no, I was actually <laughs> becoming a Christian and seeking God and reading my Bible when I was in the book of Deuteronomy. And I was all into horoscopes. I was like, I'm a Scorpio. I'm proud of it. Like, I'm so, you know, I'm not trying to make fun of, you know, anyone who's you currently. You are. We see it. We, are, we see right through you. No, but that's, I was like so into it because it's like, oh, I read it. Oh, yeah, that makes so much sense. That's so me. And this is what's going to happen today. But when I read this, I was like, whoa, I didn't know that, God. And I started to wonder why, okay? Like, I get it, and God, I had a heart to, like, you know, just like all of us here, want to obey God and want to, like, you know, follow Him and do what's right. But we also sometimes want understanding. And I was like, God, like, why? And um, it, and he really just showed us like when we go to horoscopes, even as funny and simple as those are, and we, when we go to fortune tellers, like those are not operating by the spirit of God. Mm. You know, God has, um, he, we, just like we've been talking about this month, how do we hear from God? When we seek horoscopes, when we seek fortune tellers, we have a desire to hear and know something we don't already know. We want to know into our future. We want to gain knowledge of what's going to happen. We want to gain understanding of what's going on in our life right now. We want to understand ourselves more. But yet we go to the stars and we go to psychics. But God is saying when we go to that, we're literally worshiping these other things rather than God. Why would we go there when God is not only the creator of the universe, the creator of you. And it says when you were in your mother's womb, that his workmanship is marvelous, that he knit you together piece by piece. So we have to go to him to understand ourselves more, to understand his purpose for our life, to know that there is a future for us and he knows it. Not, you know, this random, like even when you drive by those psychic places, they look crazy. Like, you know, they're... you trust that guy? Yeah, I don't know. But, you know, you rather trust them than the God of the universe. You rather trust some stars aligning and people bored out of their minds saying, oh, well, that means that and that means that. And here, let me put it down and everyone's going to follow, like worship the stars like that. Like... That's just silly, and I realized how silly it was. And so God's heart is not to just not give you insight, but his insight in your life. He'll tell you what you need to know when you need to know it. You know, he'll give you the insight of your future, of your life right now, who you are and who he is, he will. But we have to not uh, go to these other sources because they're not operating in the spirit of God. Even if you've gone to a psychic before, and you're like, they just knew. They knew how, you know, um, something that happened in my past, I was able to talk to a dead relative. It was crazy. How are you telling me it's wrong if it was all right? 
that's just simply not the spirit of God. The yeah. devil is real. The devil can speak and he can tell you all kind of twisted things. And if you remember, the devil is the father of lies. And the way that he lies is he makes it sound so true you believe it. Yeah. So how much more a psychic? You know, that's not the spirit of God. So I can't help but say it's a spirit of the enemy working and speaking lies to you that sounds so perfectly true that you believe it. And when you believe those lies, you accept it in your being and it begins to manifest in your life, you know? And so those are some of my thoughts. <laughs> God is the source of what we need. Dang, you really hate psychics. <laughs> oh, so, and what Lauren's saying too, like uh, the, the moments where it's like, well, they were so right. But the Bible says that, that demons can perform miracles in order to lead people astray. That the Antichrist will literally perform miracles to lead others to believe he's... Yeah. He's the better than Jesus. Yeah. And, and so the, it could be right. But what you're doing is you're bypassing what, uh, God because of your desires. Yeah. You see that? And when you think about like, well, what's the real big deal? I mean, if you really get into like going all the way to Genesis, Eve had a desire to know something mm -hmm. that she thought God wasn't telling her. And that's why she was willing to go to the, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Yeah. You know, when you think about like the connection, it's actually really clear. Um, and so I, I really like how you, you went about that, Lauren. And, oh, um, and so the final thing we're going to say here is that um, you may plant the seeds and water them, but only God can make it grow. And it, it, it tail ends that the last thing that we were saying, when you try to go through like these mediums or psychics or horoscopes, what you're trying to do is, or like these chants or speaking into existence even if you sowed something and that's why you're trying to like you're what you're really doing it's the essence of control and you're trying to control something instead of, instead of trusting God with it and you're trying to control the avenue of how this thing grows or how you receive something or see a harvest in your life it's all about control and you may plant the seeds you can water them but only God can make it grow in 1 Corinthians 3 6 through 8 Paul says, I planted the seed in your hearts and Apollos watered it, but it was God who made it grow. It's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What's important is that God makes the seed grow. The one who plants and the one who waters work together with the same purpose and both will be rewarded for their own hard work. Yeah. So when you're, you're actually sowing something good mm -hmm. and the, the, the motive matters. And when you're trying to sow something for personal reception, um, I feel like a lot of times it just doesn't work out. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like the times where it's uh, just a really innocent sowing of seed where God tells you to do something and your willingness like is met at that moment and you sow a seed and it's, it's more so being obedient to God than it is with the intention of to receive something. And here Paul is describing it to where like one plants, one waters, and it all works out for good. I don't even care if I see the plant grow. I was obedient to God. And and just trusting that whatever you are sowing, that God will make it grow and that, that you will be rewarded for your hard work either here on earth or in heaven. Yeah. And how much better to receive it in heaven where where moths and rust don't fade away. I mean, I'm restoring a grill that I've already restored before. <laughs> And I remember all the hard work I put in uh, spray painting it and restoring it. And it already rusted through in just a couple of years. And now I'm going to do all this work again. How much better to receive something that doesn't fade away mm -hmm. in heaven. So stop, stop just looking to receive things here on earth. 
and you'll probably receive things here on earth a lot more commonly because you're focused on the things of heaven. Mm. Um, and so yeah. the, what Lauren was talking about earlier, uh, any last thoughts on misconceptions? No. no. Don't get me started. <laughs> Don't get me started. Okay. The, what Lauren kind of touched on earlier is, is a principle when it comes to sowing and reaping. And that is that servanthood leads us into the position that we want to be in. Mm-hmm. Lauren talked about this story of how she just started washing dishes. Mm-hmm. And it was to this, this woman that was leading all these other young ladies. Uh, I told you guys about how I was just moving chairs at a church. Mm-hmm. And to see like where, like that's where our first servanthood started. We were serving somebody else. And it actually, without not even knowing what we had in part of our purpose or destiny, that servanthood that we performed early on developed us to be where we're at now. I mean, even Lauren with her her mom's revive group, now she is leading all these other women in in the same way that this other lady was leading her at one point. Shout out. Um, (laughs) Revive moms. If you're a mom, join. Um, If you're a mom and you're not joining... (laughs) whatever you feel let's do um and even like you know i used to always think of like oh well like that's why i became a youth pastor because i moved all the chairs in this church Mm -hmm. well hello i was moving i wasn't moving chairs for the youth group i was moving chairs for the whole church and now i'm a church planter Mm. do you see how how this this principle of sowing and reaping really works like it, what you serve under, it really leads you to the position of what you're serving. Yeah. And some biblical, uh, some biblical examples would include David under Saul. In Second Samuel, it shows how David, he sowed humility, he sowed good stewardship, and he sowed loyalty into the king that he was serving under. To the point where even when the king was disloyal and treated David badly, David still acted in loyalty. Mm-hmm. And because he did that, he was one of the very few kings, if not the only one, that, that lived all, uh, all the way to being an old man to see his son take the kingship from him. Mm-hmm. That, to where he gave it to his son. And all the other kings after him, um, besides, uh, besides Solomon, all the other kings were killed or had a, a, a early retirement to say because um, David sowed so much loyalty while the others did not. And uh, th- this, this, kind of, uh, this kind of example is also seen with Elisha, S-H-A, um, serving under Elijah, J-A-H. Mm. In First Kings, he sowed faithfulness, long-suffering, and goodwill mm. to, to this man of God that he was serving under. And it says because the way that he served in such long suffering and faithfulness and goodwill, when it came for Elijah to leave, Elisha was given a double portion of Elijah's anointing. Mm. And it was because he sowed so much and he reaped twice as much of what he sowed. Mm -hmm. And then finally, another example is Abraham uh, when he served Melchizedek. In Genesis chapter 14, it says that he tied to this king of Salem, Melchizedek, who is also talked about in Hebrews being a a prophetic person of Jesus. And he sowed generosity, he sowed honor, and he sowed peace. You know, he, they literally told Abraham, you can keep all of the plunder because you fought our war for us. And instead he was generous and he gave everything to the people that was taken from, 
Um, he didn't keep anything for himself. It was a pure, generous moment to where he fought for peace. Mm-hmm. And when Melchizedek came, Abraham was already a great and respected man. And yet he humbled himself and honored Melchizedek by, get, by paying him a tithe of all, all that he re- received. And it, this principle of generosity, honor, and peace, it sowed honor and peace and, gen- and God's generosity to Abraham for the rest of his life. And so these principles of, of serve what you want to become is so, so profound in the Bible. And whether it's your career, whether it's spiritual, whether it's even just your own personal self, this idea of trying to find something to serve under is a great way to lead you to what you want to become. Yeah. Um, it, and I would say that even when it, whatever aspect, if it's like you want to have a good marriage I would start really leaning into a, a healthy married couple that you would admire and seeing what you can do for them. Yeah. I mean, um, even like the idea of there's times when we were trying to have kids that we would we would babysit and mm-hmm. serve parents. There's times where like parents that wanted to go on a retreat and we babysat their newborn over the weekend. That's you know, um, <laughs> parents that want that needed to go on a honeymoon that never had one. We babysat all four of their kids That's like true. idiots. <laughs> no, it was fun. <laughs> it was, but you know, we, we served parents because we wanted to become parents. Yeah. And so, um, in the same way with like spiritual sense, like we served pastors, we became pastors, yeah. you know, it, it, whatever it is, serve under the position that you want to become. Mm-hmm. Um, anything that you want to add to this point? Yeah, it really makes me think of like a misconception that we have um, that I've witnessed, I've seen, and I've um, even thought before. And when it comes to this idea of like planting a seed in the way of serving others, serving positions, serving under them, so many times I feel like people have such a strong personal ambition to do. Um, and dreams and aspirations to to do what they want to do, right? So you have these big dreams and you want to pursue your purpose. So many times when we have the opportunity to serve others, (laughs) okay, to serve other people who are also pursuing their purpose, to serve other people that are are, um, fulfilling the dreams that they've had and been working hard for for years and years, that when we have that opportunity, it's above us. And we think, well, if I serve and give my time, energy, resources to them, I'm going to neglect my purpose and I'm not going to I'm not going to fulfill my purpose because I'm too busy helping them do theirs. Like why would I want to help them fulfill their purpose when I'm I need to focus on me. And I've heard that before, seen that before, and even experienced those thoughts before. But here's the thing, there's a principle that we're teaching about it's not just about like oh okay like you can be successful all by yourself yes but there's there are lessons and strong character that's built and there's just so much to be learned spiritual implications spiritual implications there's so much to be learned in the season of serving others and so many times we think we're going to get lost in serving them that we do that the rest of our lives and never do what we were called to do but i heard this at a conference once and i keep trying to remember the first part of it (laughs) But I can't. But basically, it's it, the, the second part is God will bl- build your platform. Mm-hmm. I don't remember if you remember that. I mean, I don't know if you remember that. But it was talking about so many times we're so focused on building our own platform. 
and we don't want to serve and be a servant in different ways that um and and what they were teaching is no god is the one who builds your platform when you are so busy serving god in different capacities being a servant to others god is working behind the scenes for you to build your platform but so many times we get caught up in building our own platform that we miss the opportunities that we need to go through to serve out others out of simple love because you believe in the vision that they have and to learn so many lessons, and it always makes me think of the story of Joseph in the Bible. It's one of my favorite. I'm not going to go through all of it, but long story short, God gave him a dream when he was younger. Yeah. And he, you would, and many of you have dreams or thoughts or whether you're discovering them or not and wondering whether they're there. And God has given him a dream, and you would, and he kind of thought like, oh, it's going to happen. Let me go focus on my dream and make it happen. Let me go get investors. Let me go find these people. <laughs> let me so- talk to this people. Let me socially connect so I can network. get. Let me network and get out there. And and but no, what did he do? He served others all for yeah. years and years of his life. And and even in the prison, when he was wrongfully accused, he was in prison, and he could have been like, forget this, dude, forget God, I'm over it. He served them still, and he became head something in the prison. Homer would know the specifics, right? And then years and years later, he would serve anywhere God was, he would serve the people in charge. And one day, he finally was able to fulfill the dream God gave him, and he was the big dog on campus. He was the one in charge. He was yeah. the one people went to. But was he focused on finding his purpose and and making that happen? No. He was focused on being faithful where he was and serving God no matter what season he was in and serving those people um, that had positions. And so don't believe the lie that you are above yourself to serve others and their purposes and think you're going to get so lost that yours never comes because remember this, that God builds your platform. God builds your ministry, your purpose without you all up in the business, but he's looking for a heart that's willing to serve others. When you're in that position, you're gonna need a team. You're gonna need whatever that looks like for you. You need people that are, are also willing to serve you. You know, and so you wanna also have that heart to begin with that was also willing to serve others. And so that's one thing you made me think of. One thing. <laughs> now that was really powerful, Lauren. And what I feel like the, the word that I'm catching from what you're saying is impartation. Mm. And it's fancy. Trying to bypass servanthood um, and, and the principles of sowing and reaping is really that that you can you can be taught something but uh, you you won't catch anything. Mm. And you catch and you are imparted to. It, yeah. Like you you receive it not intellectually or knowledgeably. It's like a, a spiritual reception that that is given to you, and when you serve under something else, yeah. um, and it's a it's a really powerful thing. And there's no way to bypass it. It can o- you can only be imparted to when you serve under a person or thing, whatever. And it makes me think of like a, a principle that that we live by is, and that is to be loyal to whatever you're a part of. Yeah. If you're only waiting for the next best thing, and um, you're probably never going to get there. You need to serve wholeheartedly, be loyal to where you're at now. Then you'll be imparted to to receive whatever is next. Yeah. Um, and so that leads us to our last point, and that is learning to be intentional with what you sow while being open-minded to what you may reap. Mm. Let me say that again. Yeah, and this good. is actually a much longer sentence earlier, but Lauren's like, uh, just, just, <laughs> a little it's too long. It's good. It's good. It's like, what are you trying to say here? No. Uh, learning to be intentional 
learning to be intentional with what you sow while being open-minded to what you may reap. Mm. And this is really about uh, uh, even learning to discern what is actually in your hand and not holding too tightly to it. Mm. So often we look at what we have in our hand and we think that it's the fruit. Like, well, I earned this. This is what, this is my time to shine. Yeah. And whether it's, uh, whether it's, you know, money or whether it's actually time or position or even pride, pride can be sown. Pride is a seed to be sown. Mm -hmm. And it it makes me think about a, a time that we were going through a hard time and I was very upset and, and I was, I didn't want to humble myself by, by getting assistance for something. And I talked to my dad about it and he said one of the, the, most profound things I've ever heard in my life and he said I hear you son but pride can't feed your family Mm. and it was that it was like shook my world and that moment I learned that I had to sow the seed of pride and I reaped a harvest of humility Mm. I reaped a harvest of a of a softened heart and and so often we we mistake uh, our our pride or arrogance really with confidence mm-hmm. um, or with entitlement and or superiority and what we really need to be doing is sowing that that's not the fruit that's the seed and there's also times to where what you think you have is actually spoiled fruit mm-hmm. is something that that may have been sown into but when it grew the fruit was bad mm-hmm. it's just it it was not good and if you try to enjoy that fruit it's going to it's going to be nasty. And some of you might even be thinking about like an experience specifically like, like, yep, I did all this for this person and it was horrible. Like I, when I tried to actually enjoy the fruit of, of everything I gave to them or did for them, it was just like a horrible reaction. Um, and it didn't, it was just seemed like all I did was for nothing. That's spoiled fruit. It sucks. Mm -hmm. But it, in that moment to realize that, you don't have to eat it. In fact, when you realize that something is actually spoiled fruit, let it go right back to the ground because that spoiled fruit can be fertilizer for the nourishment of the future fruit. Mm, that's good. And it's important to realize that. Like so many times we just think like, was well, this a seed or is this fruit? Like this fruit tastes bitter. It's bad. Just put it back in the ground. You don't have to take it. it mm-hmm. Let it be a whole new nourishment. Like if you go through a really crappy situation, let that be fertilizer. Crap is fertilizer mm-hmm. for the next thing. Yeah. And uh, let, me, let me share a verse on this. In 1 Corinthians 15, um, Paul's actually using this analogy and talking about the resurrection of, the, of, the, of, of people. And when people ask, um, well, what will our body in heaven look like? He says, what a foolish question. When you put a seed into the ground, it doesn't grow into a plant unless it dies first. And what you put in the ground is not a plant that will grow, but only a bare seed of wheat or whatever you are planting. Then God gives it the new body he wants it to have. A different plant grows from each kind of seed. And the reason I wanted to share this verse is because it gives this idea that it has to die. What, you, what you're holding on to, what is make, whatever is making you feel scared to hold to it tightly, you need to let it go because every seed has to die before it grows into something else. Yeah. And I love how he says that uh, whatever, whatever it is that you're planting, <clears throat> that that seed 
is not the plant. That that seed is not the plant. It's just a, it's just a mere shell of something else that's supposed to grow. So in essence, whatever it is that you think you're planting, it might grow into something so much more beautiful than you expected. Mm -hmm. And so don't, don't cling so tightly to, to what you think you want, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and you have to really learn to accept the outcome of the seed that you planted. Accept yeah. the outcome of whatever it is to the seed that you planted. And in Matthew 13, I'm, I'm not going to read through the whole story, but Jesus gives a parable, and it's the one I shared at the beginning, where uh, we sow seeds, and he's talking about the kingdom of God, but it's a transcendent principle that applies in so, just like this whole idea of sowing and reaping. And there's, uh, he talks about seed planted in four different ways. Uh, that's, he's, there's the shallow roots, there's seed that's stolen, seed that is swallowed up, the seed that is, has a sweet return. And just kind of go over it briefly. He talks about how some seed fa falls on a path and initially seem like it's good fruit. But it has shallow roots. It was on bedrock and it has shallow roots. And the sun heats it up quickly and it dies. Mm -hmm. Even though it showed, it showed signs of life at first, it quickly dies. It has no longevity. Mm -hmm. How many of you guys have sown something and at first it seemed like it was taking off great? Like, wow, yeah. it really worked. And all of a sudden, like, it just crashed and burned. Mm -hmm. it, it did not have good foundation. It did not have deep roots. Yeah. Um, another one was that... Crows came and stole and ate the seed as he was planting it, and he says that 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 seed that is stolen by the devil or what or something else, and this is these are all the times that you tried to do something and you never saw a return. The Bible says that nothing you do for God goes in vain, mm -hmm. but it's those times where it seems like you tried so hard for someone to catch something. I don't know how many times I had conversations with a person about about God, and times I spent hours and it seemed. Like just the next day that everything I taught them or everything we talked about was just taken away and like they, they forgot or something. Mm -hmm. And it, those are moments that the seed was stolen and it didn't have a chance to take root. Um, and then it talks about how seed that grows but then gets swallowed up and choked up by the thorns and thistles. It, th it grows through a thorn bush and even though it's trying, it gets choked up by something distracting it mm -hmm. from... Um, and it, it uh, by the riches of the world or the desires of the world, whatever it is, it gets distracted by something else. I don't know how many times yeah. we we saw something growing, and maybe it was a person, and it just got so distracted by things that it, it just couldn't it just couldn't grow. It got choked up, and finally, it's uh, there. He says it gives us a promise that but some seed will fall on good soil. And it's a sweet return of 30, 60, and 100 fold. And I love how it gives like these different like 30, 60, and 100 fold. Mm -hmm. It just gives so much to where you forget about all the other seeds mm -hmm. that you planted and tried and failed. And you need to know that, that not every seed grows before us. And sometimes we, may, sometimes we may plant, sometimes we may water, and another person harvests it. Sometimes it, it's just that is how it is. And I, w I hope that this ending encourages you that all these times where you, you tried and you feel like you failed, it's not that you failed. You did your best, and it's time to just let that go. Let your The efforts that you had, it's okay to let all of that effort die in the ground 
and maybe later it will grow into something else. But it's time to scatter seed over here, over there. Don't give up on doing good. Just like we read at the beginning, that it that soon you will do what you've been doing and it will work. Notice that he, it doesn't say that the farmer planted in different ways. He just said he tried over here, he tried over there. He was doing the same thing over and over. Sometimes you you think that you need to change your method. You think that you need to change how you're doing things. And it's not that. You just, you literally have to keep at it, kiddo. And just <laughs> keep going. And you'll be surprised that just right around the corner, you're actually going to see that harvest 30, 60, 100 fold. Just don't give up on doing what is good. Yeah. You have anything that you want to close out on with this? Yeah, I mean... Ending it all it makes me think of, because you were talking about, like, um, sometimes you may or may not see it, and it's hard to understand what soil it fell on. But it makes me think of this scripture, and um, it says, um, You may plant in tears, but you will mm. reap with shouts of joy. That's good. Even our tears are being planted. That Jesus sees every tear. And that for you, that could look like so many aspects of your life. But know that you may not know how you're going to reap it, but God sees every seed you've planted in every area of your life, in every relationship, in every trial, in every aspect of your life. And you, it, they, it, they have been planted, and you will reap shouts of, with yeah. shouts of joy. So though you feel like that relationship is dead, will mm. you ever find another? Yes, there will be a day where you reap with shouts of joy. Though you feel like you've invested so much in someone and you feel like it's dead yeah. and you have tears over it, you will reap in shouts of joy. Yeah. And and in your dreams and your business and your in all your yeah. pursuits, you will reap in shouts of joy. So know that God sees it and nothing you do for God goes in vain. Yeah. And so just be encouraged that God sees you and he wants to give you an opportunity to shout in joy. So just trust him, don't give up and keep moving on. Yeah. Amen. That was good, mm. Lauren. Thank mm. you for the sharing. Holy that. Spirit right there. And and I I want to end on this and it's that maybe you were listening to this and you've tr tried christianity before and it didn't work it's like i've already tried that whole thing and it just wasn't for me let's would you be willing to look at it that maybe like you were going through a different path at the time what if this time is actually a time where you're in good grounds for that seed to grow in your heart Maybe you were going to a different church. Maybe you're, going, you're just at a different point in your life to where that seed just could not grow deep. But you're feeling something right now. And it's that if you're feeling that, that is a sign of good soil that God wants to grow in your heart. And so if that's you, just pray a prayer and, and be authentic and just tell Jesus that you want to try this thing again. That you want to do this thing, even if it's your first time. And that can happen today. If you do that, please message us and let us know. We love you and we want to connect with you. Um, with, with that being said, um, on, on Facebook, we're uh, Instagram, see you later. <laughs> um, but uh, we're closing out now. And with that being said, uh, if, if you prayed that prayer today, we'd really love for you to connect with us and send us a message. Uh, and and just you don't have to walk through this alone let other people water into your life into the seed that's growing in your heart um and we we want to if you need help even praying that prayer we are here to pray with you um amen amen uh, <laughs> um so all that being said we love you guys uh, we're really excited for our next series <laughs> about sex it's just sex just sex 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 yeah. sex 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 get ready um and uh, it's going to yeah. be really uh, hot and spicy. Um, <laughs> for the Lord. Yeah, hot and spicy mm -hmm. for the Lord. Mm -hmm. And we're going to talk about 
just all that we can about sex and in the Bible and the yeah in the Bible yeah. yeah we have some videos for you to watch no, some no. infographics uh, <laughs> live videos yes. yeah um, anyway I'm, I'm getting in trouble yeah let's... but with that being said if you feel on your heart to give today um, you can do that by going to gravetop.com clicking the give tab you can give online from there you can also give through third-party apps like Venmo cash app you can text to give um, and just like what we're talking about today, giving is not about sowing a seed to reap a financial seed. Giving is about connecting with this impartation that we're talking about. You know, we, we've been able to see as, as small of a church as we have been um, starting out, we've been able to see so many lives set free. And when I say set free, I'm not just talking about like they're set free. No, I'm talking about like really deep drug addictions, alcoholism, broken families, broken marriages. I mean, being able to see marriage restored, I mean, it is an amazing thing to be a part of. Yeah. And when to see somebody that is addicted to drugs literally be able to find freedom from it, it's an amazing, important thing to be a part of. Mm-hmm. And when you give, you, you, you are able to get that impartation spiritually. You are able to connect with... Uh, with the movement that is happening in people's lives to where we we really would not be able to continue doing this to be continue ministering to people if it wasn't for those who give Mm -hmm. and the motive matters more than anything else do not please don't give with the idea like i need a i need a financial breakthrough um because i want to buy the new ps5 (laughs) (laughs) um That, that's a horrible reason to give. Yeah. Give with the, the idea that I get to be a part of making a difference. Mm-hmm. And if that's you, you can, like I said, just go to gravetop.com and click the Give tab, and it'll tell you all the ways there. And we are so grateful for those of you who are so faithful, who tithe, who, uh, who donate. Um, we wouldn't be able to do what we do without you. So thank you. you we are blessed by you. We, we really believe, and we are praying for you. Um, we pray for God for you. And to meet you in all your needs and to be blessed, be edified. Um, so thank you again. We love you guys so much. Have a great rest of your night. Good night. <laughs>